0: Okay, I want to share something from the Word of God with you today, trying to catch up where everyone might be at. And I guess you're all enjoying uh, Undercover, huh? All enjoying Undercover. And uh, I'm sure some of you will be having major attitude issues surfacing as you study Undercover. And of course, you'll be disagreeing with John Bevere majorly by now. And uh, it can only get worse in that regard. So... uh, uh, the, I told you this uh, teaching and this would confront your thinking. And uh, so I want to just pick it up. I'm not going to teach what he teaches. He does it well enough. I don't need to repeat it. But I want to pick up an aspect parallel to it today just to help us gain some perspective because we need to continue to see why we're doing what we're doing and to see its value. And at the end of this course, I'm trusting that many of you would have had a major shift internally in attitude. So if you're facing a conflict... If you're facing a conflict, don't start with the thinking, I'm right. Start with the thinking, God is wanting me to break through here and there's something in my life is reacting. Just start with that assumption. See, just start with that assumption. The Bible says it's our imaginations and our reasonings stop us coming into the knowledge of God. And in this area, this is a major one. And so I really encourage you, if you don't understand what authority is, and the authority of God, you'll always have a missing dimension and struggle in your Christian life. God wants us to be able to advance his kingdom, to be able to minister to people in power. To do that, we have to have authority that comes from him. This is why we're doing the course. This one course will do more to put your life back in in place and in shape than almost anything I can think of. And so I really encourage you, don't get into reactionary mode. And if you are reacting, then ask yourself the question, why are you reacting so strongly? What unresolved issue is there you need to actually sort out? And uh, I'll, start to, I'll touch into it a bit more over the next couple of Sundays. Particularly when we get to Father's Day. Father's Day, and when we say have a Mother's Day, everyone shouts, we have a Father's Day. There's actually silence. It's because of an unresolved conflict. That's all. It's because of an unresolved conflict. A very real conflict and a very unresolved one, but unresolved nevertheless, needs to be changed. See, needs to be changed. You need to deal with this stuff. This is a problem in the Western world. Fathers who who, uh, abscond from their responsibility don't fulfill their uh, responsibilities. A major issue in our society today. And this is why we need to get it sorted out. So I encourage you, Father's Day, some of you feel uncomfortable, that's good. Work out why it is you're uncomfortable. And then deal with it God's way, and you can move forward into a path of blessing. If you leave it unresolved, you actually position yourself to miss God's best for you. And you don't want to do that. Why would we do that? Okay, let's open up. We'll just quickly start up here. I want to, I'm just going to pick up and uh, run something parallel to where we're going, and you, it'll, it'll connect okay. You'll see. All right, just have a look at Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Luke 10 verse 27, certain lawyers stood up and uh, tested Jesus saying, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, what's written in the law? In other words, what's the most important? Another place they said to him, what's the most important of all the commandments? He said, what do you reckon it is? And he gave him this answer. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. He said, you got it right. Do this and you'll live. Do this and you'll live. Do this and you'll live. There's blessing in just doing those two things. Love God passionately and then love people. Love God passionately and love people with all your heart. See, love people, love people, love people, love people, love them, love them. Everything else passes away, but people go on forever, so value them. And so I want to just share on the gift of honor and I'm going to pick up some things just related to this whole area of honor, see? And uh, so one of the things to understand is that honor, honor to, to honor someone is a way of expressing love, see? Love has always got to find an expression some way. And one of the ways that love finds its expression is through honor. When we honor people, when we value people, we are expressing love to them. Honor is uh, connected with love. It just They just go together. And uh, so one of the ways we express our love for people and our love for God is the honor and the value that we place on them. And so the Bible is very, very clear. Uh, In 1 John 4, I think it tells us something like this. is said, how can you say you love God you don't see if you don't love the people you do see? In other words, or put it another way, people are your measuring stick for how you're progressing in your relationship with God. How you treat people is the measuring stick for how you are connecting with God. If we are connected with God and experience and understand his love and we're receiving his love, it will automatically overflow to other people. See, loving people is the overflow of encountering and experiencing God loving us. And so it's the same with honor. Honor is one way we express love. And so when you honor people, you are actually sharing with them or giving to them something of what God has given you. And I'm going to just talk a little bit about honor, uh, what it means. And then some people that God has called us to honor. And the Bible's, very, I thank God that the Bible's quite clear on a lot of things. And uh, so you might be surprised. I'm, going to go, I'm not going to go into it all because I could teach probably for some weeks on each one of these. But uh, I want to just give you some things that will really just help you start to clarify your thinking. And then you'll see how it connects to this issue of authority that we're covering very shortly. So why don't we just have a look in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. Proverbs 3 and verse 9. Proverbs 3 and verse 9. You know this because we use this in offerings quite often. So it won't hurt. I didn't bring any offering scripture. Here's one now. Here it is. Verse 9. Honour the Lord with your possessions, or your substance, and with the first fruits of all your increase, and so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So in verse 10, he tells us that there's certainly a benefit in honoring the Lord. And uh, Benozi says, honor the Lord, honor the Lord with your substance. Now, let's just talk through just a little bit about honor, what honor is. To honor someone, the word honor in the Bible there, and particularly there is the word uh, kebab, meaning not kebab as in shish kebab, it's a kabad. Uh It means to place weight on something. When it says that God is clothed with glory, that word "glory" is, or your kind of glory, is as weight as his nature, his character. So the word in the Bible, "honor," means to place great weight on someone, to place great value on someone, to uh, to, con- to consider or to treat them as being very precious. So, it says, honor the Lord with your substance. So, if you treat God with value, treat God as having substance, treat God as being of high value in your life, if you treat, then it shows up in the area of your giving. See? Most times when people share that scripture, they share, well, you know, if you give something, you get something back from God. But you want to pick it up really from where it really is. It says, honor God with your giving. In other words, There are ways you can express honor to God. There are ways you can express he is valuable. If you believe in your heart, God is your source and God supplies for you, then the way you express the value you place on that is in your giving. In other words, your giving is the overflow of the revelation you have of him. If you know God is wonderful provider, it's easy to give in appreciation. See, now I know we sow and can reap, but I'm just wanting you to get something different here that we can actually give to him just because of gratitude. Sometimes I've given, uh, many times I've just given money just because, God, it's what I want to say thank you, I'll give something. So honor, when we honor, it always will involve giving. It, there's something you're going to give. Every time when you honor, honor God or honor people, you're going to give something. And you have to understand honor is a gift. You can't make honor happen. See? You can't force someone to or someone else. You can't force people to honor God. There's something has got to come as your gift to them. So uh, if you're giving your tithes and your offerings, and you're giving it because you have to, because you fear if you don't, your money will be cursed, you're missing the whole point. You're doing it out of duty and out of law and legalism and there's seldom any blessing in it. In fact, you keep giving, you keep tithing, and you never see anything happen. It's because at the heart, attitude isn't quite right. Got the actions right, and God will bless the actions that are right, but he wants our heart to be in what we do. And so when I have great value for God, when I honor him and actually do know and understand he is my source, when I've experienced him over and over and over supplying in amazing ways and I've to depend on him, then the natural thing is to express my weight that I place on him. See, most people place their weight on their job or place their weight on the benefit. If God wants you to place your weight on him, if the benefit goes and you wait on God, God can provide for you because he's a provider. It's his nature to provide. Dads don't want their kids to starve. It's he's a dad. He wants to bless us, I see. So God wants us to put weight on him as a provider. And the way you put weight on him is you acknowledge him as your provider and then you express that in certain ways. So the tithing is just an acknowledgement that God is my provider. It's just my way of expressing that to him. It's a tangible thing. So the, the value of honor is expressed very tangibly in very practical ways. You can see it, you can feel it, you know it when honor is there. So honor means to value, to place weight on something. So you choose how much weight you put on God's ability to supply. You choose how much. You choose how much weight you put on God's word. See, right now, some of you will be wrestling. You'll be wrestling because you're seeing things in the word of God, but you don't want to put weight on it because you don't really trust God that much. And that's what's surfacing. That's what creates the conflict inside. We're not that sure God is good, that we can trust if we'll do this, it'll work out good for us. And so that's where the wrestling comes, what we really believe and how we really see God and how much we really value who he is, what he is, and actually put weight upon his word and his character. See, so value. So, so the word honor means to value. So it means number one, it means to place value. To consider someone to be special, precious, a treasure. It's a value. Okay, and the word honor also means to, be, to hold someone in a special place in your life, to give them a special place in your life. So honoring the word honor, honor is a gift. It's a gift you give to people. It expresses the value you place on them and the position they have in your life. So if I watch what you do with your money, I can see then the value you place on God in the area of finances. It's very simple. Okay, so value. So this is a value, and it's a gift. It's a gift we give. So to dishonor, it literally means uh, to treat as nothing. It's not important. It's nothing. There's no weight on that. I'm going to listen to what God has to say on that one. I've got my own ideas, thank you very much. So when we have our own ideas, thank you very much, and we'll follow my own, well, I think this. Well, good on you, mate. You think that. And if you want to despise and disesteem what God says, that's fine for you. You can do that, but you just have to live with the results. Me, I'd rather put weight on what God says and value what God says because I know that will produce blessing for me. He's a good God. See, so in this series on on authority, what you're going to have to do is to discover how much weight you place on what God has to say. How much weight you're putting on this. means whether you lean on it and trust in it that this is substantial. You know, it says someone's words are weighty. It means you can rely on them. These words carry substance. It means they're credible. Or they're words just like vapor. It means they're, they're not credible. You can't rely on them. can't trust them. See, so this issue of honor is really important. And what comes up uh, as we go through this kind of series on, on, uh, on the air of authority is how much value you really place on God, on his character, his word. This is what is going to surface. How much weight how much credibility you give him. It's good. How much credibility? Now, what we tend to do is we start with our experience and work outwards. So we start with what we have experienced, and that becomes our baseline to measure everything. Now, what you've got to do is instead of starting that way, start with what God says and bring experience up to it. Be much better. And uh, so the, the honor. So this is what the Bible says about honor. Now, I want to have a look at, then, at uh, this area of honors that applies to people because it's a, a crucial issue, I believe, in, uh, in, 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 our, in the way we live to have success in life. I've come to realize that uh, this issue of honor, being able to give honor to God and give honor to people, if I can give honor to God, that's how I can love Him. If I give honor to people... That's how I love people. So to give honor means to consider them to be precious, valuable, and give them place in my heart and life. Now, before you start abusing people, criticizing people, pulling down people, complaining about people, running them down, doing bad things to them, first you have to devalue them in your heart and dishonor them. Then you can do all the other things. So when you're starting to complain or criticize someone before you spoke the words in your heart, you found fault, judged them, and devalued them. See? It's always like that. It's always like that. The outward, what you're doing outwardly with your words and actions is always a reflection of the inner heart condition. And God is interested in our heart. Our heart attitudes to him will reflect in how we run our life. Now, of all, one of the things that I have learned in life Is that if you are able to give honor, if you are able to give this gift of honor to the people in your life and to God, you'll find your life will go well in so many areas. In some places, the Bible even abounds in promises, and particularly related to your father and your mother. We'll touch that on another day. But I want to just go through and have a look with you uh, on this area of honor, some people that God tells us to honor. People that God causes to honor. Now, you can honor people for their, we tend to honor people for their achievements. So someone's a great athlete. See, they've got an, got an all-black I See, that we, we honor people like that because they're, they're famous people. They did something great, Say, But uh, that's one way we can honor people. They did something great. And uh, another way you can honor people is for their character. Now, at school, some people don't do great, but they can have great character. So and I like to have, uh, to honor character, It's a great thing to honor character. God honors character. That character is more important than power. Character is crucial. God's plan is to make our character like Christ. So this is a really good thing to value. Character. Someone is persistent. Someone is honest. Someone is honest in the face of temptation to be corrupt. That's that's worthy of honor. That's something to be valued. Okay. And then finally we honor people because of their position. Now I want to show you some people that God has called us to honor and I've divided them into two groups. There's about 10 groups of people altogether. And I want you to see how consistent the Bible is in this whole issue of us giving honor where honor is due. So we'll have a look first of all. And, uh, yeah, let's find it in Romans chapter 13, Romans chapter 13. And then I'll go through and we'll just quickly, I'm not going to explain how to do it all yet because I want to move to something more foundational than that. But let's just have a look in Romans chapter 13, Acts Romans 13. And Romans chapter 13 and in verse, here it is, verse 7. Render to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due. Quickly, scratch that one out. So you don't like that one, disagree with that one. See, customs to whom custom is due. Quickly, run that one out too. Fear towards whom fear is due. Honour to whom... How many are we going to rub out before we start to take away the weight that's placed on the word of God? God's telling us how to live our life. So here's the verse one. Give honour to whom honour is due. So the Bible tells us then that honour is due to some people. We should should give honour to people. So the question is then... Who do I give honor to and then how do I go about doing that? Who should I honor? Now, I'm just going to, first of all, identify for you the list of who you can honor. I'd like you to do some homework and think about how you could go about honoring them. Bearing in mind, honor means to choose to value that person, treat them as very special, and then to give them a place in your heart that finds expression somehow, very practically. Okay, then, now let's have a look at some people. Now, I've divided them to two groups. I'll call one those who are in positions of authority in our life, And the other group, too, we'll call them others. (laughs) Okay, then? (laughs) It's just simple to do that, say, Because the others covers a bigger list. Uh, So I want to identify two groups of people that the Bible is very clear. It tells us to honor them. Now, in the first group, it also tells us to submit and position ourselves aright in relationship to them. So it doesn't tell you just to honor them. It says do something else as well. Sometimes... You can think that, uh, and sometimes you could get, get the impression that the only people that God wants to honor are those who are in authority, but actually God wants to honor far more than that. And so I want to give you the bigger picture, then we'll look at the, 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 the internal part about honoring those who carry authority or in authority in some place in our life. So the first group of people, and there's four categories of them, God says we are to honor them. He instructs us to honor them. In fact, in one case, he actually says there's a particular blessing will be on your life if you do. In each of these cases, in some other part of scripture, it will tell us to submit or position ourselves under their leadership to cooperate with what God wants to do through them in our life. So in the Bible, when it uses the word submission, it's the word hupotasso, position yourself under someone's authority and leadership cooperating with them in accomplishing the task. Okay? So submission is something that's required of us if we're going to walk with God. Otherwise, we find ourselves... The only the, the, the only alternative submitting is to resisting. It's kind of black and white. I like that. You're sort of either here or you're there. So it says... Notice it says at the beginning of, uh, of uh, Romans 13, submit yourself to those authorities. So that's position yourself in such a way as to be under their leadership, to cooperate in what God wants to accomplish. It's a positive, constructive, cooperative attitude. And it's all the time. It's not just when it suits. Because the only way you know you, you submit it is when there's a disagreement. That's the only way you'll ever know. When you disagree. That's when you disagree. That's when your attitude comes up. See? So God says to position ourselves to cooperate. Okay, and then on the other side, it's resist. Resist means, so the other one was hupotasso, position yourself under the leadership. The other is antitasso, stand against them and resist them in various ways. So you're only one or the other. So in all authority positions in your life, you will either position yourself and you'll either honor them and position yourself under them, or you'll dishonor and despise them and resist them. There's there's no other alternative. You're either one place or the other. Now, of course, you can be with different people in different places. But we're called to position ourselves so that God can do what he wants to do through them and through us and that there's a cooperative effort going on. Hupotasso, position yourself under as against. Antitasso, stand against. And those who stand against then reap a judgment in their life. That's how demons attack you. They have their authority to attack you when you come out from being under authority. That's how they get their authority to attack you. They can't attack you if you remain under authority. They can't, just cannot do it. They've got no room in. But if you get yourself out of there, then they've got every right to come against you. They've got a legal right to come against you. They've got access to They've got a free, free game, mate. And if you've been out there, get into the freedom retreat, get yourself sorted out. But it will require that you repent and change your attitudes. That's how it works. Okay, then, let me just give you the list of them. I'm not going to go into all the details. I'm just going to show you a few things. Yeah, the first one is civil authorities. Civil authorities, 1b2, 217, honor the king. Honor the king. Honor the king. In other words, we don't have a king. Who do we have then? We have a... A <gasps> prime minister. Honor Helen Clark. You <gasps> can feel the gasps. Because... She's in a position of authority and responsibility. Now, of course, people that she's delegated, various places, various areas in society, we need to actually respect them and honor them. goes right down through to the police. Goodness. There's no place in society that you won't find authority. And Whenever you find authority, you're finding God, God's authority, bringing order. They may not do a great job at it, That's not our business to comment on that. Our business is to position ourselves to cooperate. Just position yourself to cooperate. You find it real good. You position yourself to cooperate. Life goes real well for you. You don't get speeding tickets, for example. He says, he is the minister of God to you for good. When, When we had the... Uh, uh, the people from the education department came and uh, had to do an inspection of our preschool. Uh, I told the the leadership when we met together, I said, they are the ministers of God to us for our good. Therefore, we will honor them and treat them with greatest respect. And we did. You see, because it's a biblical principle. It's a gift to them. I know one other place and they saw them coming and they locked them out. They locked them out. All I can say is that they, that was a, a terribly dishonoring attitude to God as well as to those people. And it shows that that whole preschool was in disarray in terms of being positioned right for blessing. It's true. See, see just our hard attitude. See, we also we, we we have this great attitude to God until God puts someone in front of us that reminds us of where we're really at. Okay, so uh, it tells us there very clearly to honor the king or honor those in civil authority. 1 Peter 2.13, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. In other words, it tells us to position ourselves to cooperate with authorities in our life. That means anyone who's in authority anywhere. And interesting, isn't it? second one is parents, Ephesians 6, two, honor your father and mother, honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you. There's the one with the promise. We'll deal with that on Father's Day. That'll be a great one. Say, honor your parents. Right? So God tells us to honor them. And Ephesians 6.1, it tells us children, obey your parents. So in the issue with your parents, it says children, obey your parents. So that means if you're a child at home supported by your parents, you are required to submit to them and to obey their directions. That's what, and it says this is right in the eyes of God. How about that? So if you allow kids, parents, you've got to train children to do this. They don't naturally do it. They do their own thing. And their own thing is, it's all about me. Well, they've got to learn there's a boss at home, you know. Somewhere in life, they've got to learn there's someone in charge. When are they going to learn there's someone in charge? See, when are they going to learn? Somehow they've got to learn. So your job as a parent is to teach them real young. They must treat you with honor, and they need to do what you tell them to do. And you, you treat them to honor you and treat them to do what you tell them to do when they're young. I tell you, you have great kids they have very important qualities of all the qualities, but I was very clear and specific about those ones. A lot of other things, it's uh, it's got gen- just quite generalised. So there it is, children obey parents. Okay, of course, if you're an adult person, then you still honor your parents, but now you're not. You're a separate unit, so you're not under obedience to your parents. Separate unit. Here's another one: your employer. Now, these ones, of course, you all know, but there's a few going to be maybe surprised. One Timothy six, uh, one Timothy chapter six and verses one and two, one Timothy six. I'll just pick these ones up quickly. So employer, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let as many as are bond servants under their yoke count their own masters worthy of honor that the name of God and his doctrine may be, not be blasphemed. And let those who are believing masters, let them not despise them because their brothers rather serve them. Isn't that amazing? Now, it's not saying anything about the issue of slavery. It says nothing about the rights and wrongs of slavery. It says if you happen to be a slave, honor the one who's in charge of you. Very simple. Just treat him with respect. And if he's a believer, don't despise your boss if he's a believer. Don't treat him with disrespect or familiarity because he's Christian. Rather, it says serve them. So the way that you honor your boss is with outstanding service. Well, as I say, we could share something on every one of these, a bit more detail, I think, as needed. Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, it says again, servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, not with eye service as a man pleaser, not with eye service as a man pleaser, but from the heart as unto the Lord. So in other words, it's saying this, it's saying, if you're in the workplace, give your boss the best, not just when he's looking, because if you do that, you're a man pleaser. I won't use the term the world uses for that one. But you're a man pleaser. Something about kissing. But it's a man pleaser anyway. So it's a man pleaser. So the Bible tells us we're to be God pleasers. So you notice all of this, the reference point is God. See, we're, we're to please God. We're to please God. and We please God. How do you please God? If you're a child, you please God when you obey your parents and honor them. Yeah, if, you're, if you're a worker and you work for someone, how do you please God? You honor your boss. You don't despise him. Don't run him down mine, he's back. And you do a great, outstanding service to him. So he likes having you as an employee. Now, you see, as I say, every one of the... Now, this is honor. See, when you treat your boss this way, you are showing you are honoring him. It's your gift to him. He can't force you to do that. It's what you give to him. You go the second mile and do a great job. Imagine if all Christians in the workplace did this one thing. Honored their boss, didn't despise him, and served with excellence from the heart. I think you'd have a right to invite him to church. He will ask, how come you're so different? See, the trouble is, we want to win people to Christ and our life insults them. Honor opens up hearts because it values people, treats them as someone of value. You find someone complaining about the boss, arrives late for work, leaves early, takes time off, does all this, and, and does a poor job. Now, I'm sure they will have every reason under the sun to explain why they do what they do. Nevertheless, they are dishonoring, and they're not doing what God calls us to do in those places. Really good, isn't it, eh? Very, very practical. I love all this. So practical. Here in the church, 1 Timothy five seventeen. let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Again, even in the church, honor those in leadership. 1 Thessalonians 5.30. It says, get to recognize and know those who are among you, who who are over you in the Lord. That's something people don't always like to hear, that there are some people who are over us in the Lord. In other words, they're positioned in a a situation where they have responsibility towards us, and therefore they're over us in the Lord. And it says, esteem them highly. In other words, honor them and appreciate them. Because in doing that, You do it for the Lord's sake, because of the sake of the work. He said, if you do it then, you'll find then it's a happy situation. Of course, I feel the objections coming. Well, what if they mistreat me? Well, we'll deal with that another time, and that will come up in the whole series. And uh, we're going to actually have a special ministry session the the weekend after uh, Father's Day. I'm going to have a special ministry session for all of those who, as their excuse for a bad attitude, say, I got badly treated. We'll have a special Sunday when all your badly treatment, uh, bad treatment can be brought to the cross and can be sorted out quickly. Then you can position yourself and stop using the excuse. You can position yourself to go forward instead of living the past over and over and over and over and over and locking yourself into a, into a, into a situation that's no good. They want to move on, move on, move on. Don't stay there complaining about how bad you were treated somewhere. See, Hebrews 13, 17, obey those who will rule over you and be subject to them. So isn't that interesting? Okay, then. So we've got very clearly now, whenever someone's in authority, we're to honor them. And then we're also to position ourselves in right relationship under their leadership. Okay, now I want to show you the other honors. You're going to love this. 1 Peter 3, 7, husbands, honor your wives. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Wives are to be honored. Wives are to be honored. And God instructed me to do it in case we forgot, which we're most likely to do. Honor. You open the car door. That's honoring her. You walk alongside her. That's honoring her. You consult with her over decisions you make. That's honoring her too. Oh, my goodness. I think we could do something on every one of these ones. You can see. See how deep this goes. It goes very deep. this one. then next one is wives on your husbands. oh ho, ho, ho. oh my goodness, this goes all the way around. See so husbands are to be honest ephesians five twenty thirty three wives hold your husbands in high esteem. Well, you don't understand what kind of man I married to. No, but you did choose to marry him <laughs> probably your daddy warned you, and you took no notice, you know. <laughs> You made, as they say, you made your bed. You know. <laughs> okay, then come on now. So, so we're honest. see? So, husbands about it honoured and respected, and it's got nothing to do with it's got nothing to do with how well they're doing. See, it's nothing to do with how well they're doing. It's God calls you to do it. It's your gift to them because you want to please God. It's your gift to them, not because they deserve it. If you run around thinking, oh, "Well, they don't deserve it," well, you'll never do it. But what I tell you, you will do is you go around wondering why you don't get much more honor. Because I deserve it. But you can't even give it to anyone. You don't deserve it at all. See, honorable people give away honor. Honorable people can honor others. They do it easy because they've got a humble heart. And you say, I'll just show you in a moment if I can get to it. Otherwise, run out. here's another one. Here's a good one. You love this one. Oh, look, you're going to love this one. Look at this. In Leviticus nineteen thirty two. 19 and verse 32. Guess what it tells us to do? In Leviticus 19 and verse 32. You got it up there? Look at this one. Okay, I'll have to tell you then. Leviticus 19 and verse 32. You know what it says to do? It says, rise up or stand to your feet when an older person walks into the room. <laughs> I remember when we used to do that. What happened here? Something got lost on the way. See, and with the gray-headed. So, you know, so if they've got no hair, you rise up. They've got gray hair, you rise up too. In other words, you stand as a sign of respect to the elderly. I see we've got a few gray-haired people here. So why don't we, all who are not got gray hair, stand up just as a sign of respect to all the people who have. There you go. Doug, I don't know how come you've got gray hair. You're much too young. Come on, let's give them a clap, all the gray-haired older people. There you go. All then. So it's good, isn't it? Now, that'd be something you could easily do. Just show respect for older people, not shove them in a the back room or push them in a wheelchair into the corner, leave them facing the wall. No, don't do that. You know, we're to honor them and value them and, and treat them as someone valuable because one day you'll get old. You'll reap what you've sown Come on. So the elderly. Oh, we're getting, it's getting good, isn't it, eh? Okay, well, there's more people to be honored, because I figured you might think that only the ones, uh, who are, who are in authority get honored. No, you've got to, all, all sorts of people God loves us to honor. Here's another group to honor in 1 Timothy 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. <laughs> uh, verse 3. Honor widows who are really widows. Well, that's a hard one. How do I know if someone's really a widow? Well, the Bible helps us out. It tells us how we can honor. They're really a widow that God wants us to honor. Now, in that word honoring the widows, honor the widows. At, now, it, it don't mean you just give them a nod. Oh, morning, widow. You know, it's, not, so it's a bit more than that, you know. To so honor them, it's a lot more to do it than that. So, no, actually, it means you give money to them. Have we got widows we give money to? See, because it's biblical to do that. It's one of them. But it says not every widow you should give the money to. It's not the young ones. They'll just, they need to marry again. That was just that. They'll get to marry again. So widows, is quite obvious. You'd think it'd be obvious what a real widow was. Their husband died. They'd make a widow. It says, but the true widow actually is a person who has served God and actually opened their heart and their home and their life and ministered to God's people. And a person like that, needs to be honored and put on the list and say you provide something special for them and help them. It says, now, if you've got children, then the children should provide for the widows. And so if if your parent is, uh, if one of your parents has died, then you're responsible to provide for the other parent. This is what they do in China. All parents give, all children give regularly, they give money to their parents. That's a way of honoring their parents. It's called honor. Honor. How about that? They regularly do it. God, that one went down like a brick, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 one would hope you're just thinking about the, the great ramifications of that, particularly as Europe. It would imagine that if, if every, if, if ever, from every home, children gave financial support to their parents once they've grown. Mind you, in the Chinese culture, the parents provide for the children right through to get them through university and into, into the workplace. So then, once they're in the workplace, then the children start to provide back for the parents. And that provides a system of care for the next generation. See, if the government does it, say what it'll do is it'll take $100 of your money, it'll consume $60 on its administration and give 40 to your parents, maybe. The God's way works better. It's always worked much better. See, this is, okay, they're widows, we can read about the widows there. All right, then, here's another one we've got, God wants us to honor too, and that is Christians or fellow believers, Romans 12 verse 10, fellow believers, fellow believers, we should honor fellow believers, other people are Christians, honor them because they're Christian, because they're part of God's family, you value them and honor them because they're part of God's family. In honor, preferring one another. Now, isn't that interesting? It says, this is how honor shows among believers. You make room for other people, other believers to function. You make them real welcome in the family of God. That's why when new people come in, by the way, we really need to make a fuss of them. It's it's a way of showing honor. Stand up, go over and say hello to them, greet them, make them feel welcome. Honor them, treat them as valuable. Valuable. See, when you just sort of, oh, well, we're welcoming visitors now, well, and you do nothing, you are actually communicating the message, I do not value new people coming into God's family. It's actually all about me getting blessed. Sorry, you've missed the heart of the father here. He's all on about his family growing. Okay, here's the lot now. now how, did, I list, did I miss out anyone now? Has anyone missed out in the value honour list? The list of honor, the role of honor, God's role of, of people we should honor. Yeah, well, we didn't hear any mention of teens there. So I've, I, I was thinking, dear God, where are I going to fit the teens and the kids in? Got to be in there somewhere. Here is I finish with this verse here. Now, I'll finish with my message next week. Okay, One Peter. Here is One Peter, chapter two, verse thirteen. One Peter, chapter two. Oh no, no, that's not it. Oh, verse thirteen. Here it is. Da, 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 ah, seventeen. Seventeen. Here it is. One Peter two, verse seventeen. Honor all people. Ah, So in case you didn't get the message, there it is. We've got everyone else in who didn't get the mention in the list of honor, honor all people, honor all people. So that means children can be honored and valued. Uh, Teens can be honored and valued. When parents invest into their family life and they put uh, family, they pay pay a price to build family life and they don't put money and work and, and all these things ahead of their family, but they invest in their family. They are valuing and honoring their children. God wants us to honor our children, honor and value them. And it also includes in there, get this, unsaved people. Unsaved people. Now, there's a problem. Because we disapprove of their lifestyle. And of course, if you've already made a decision of disapproval, then it will show you won't be able to value them. And that's one of the key reasons Christians cannot connect to and influence unsaved people. Because... We look, we put a mental thing, they're unsaved, put a judgment in our heart that they're a lesser person, and it's always felt. If you can treat someone, and here's the thing, we think we know it all because we've got Jesus. Well, wake up. You don't know it all because you've got Jesus. You've got a heap to learn. And unsaved people can often instruct you and teach you. Now, there's a bit of a thing, isn't it, eh? And if you can honor them, you can receive from them. If you don't honor them, you can't receive from them. Honor opens the way for you to receive from someone. So here it is, honor. So there it is. God tells us to honor. Honor is our gift to people. Honor is the way you express loving people. Honor expresses that they are valuable, they're important, they have a place in your heart and in in your life. Before we ever shout, yell, or badly treat people, we firstly dishonor them in our heart. And God tells us very clearly there's a whole number of people he's interested in honoring. Those who are in authority, we not only honor them because of the position, we're also called to position ourselves to submit and flow with them so we can act as a team and God's purpose fulfilled. But that does not mean honor stops there. Honor stops not there. It stops in treating all people with respect. When you get angry, start shouting at someone. Long before you got angry, you disrespected them, and now you are treating them badly the best thing they could do is walk away until you get a better attitude. Now, God wants us to learn this gift. Next year I want to talk to you next week, I want to share with you about receiving honor from God as the source. Everyone wants to be honored, everyone without exception. It's just we keep going the wrong places and doing the wrong things. But if you and I could learn how to receive from the Lord the value he wants to put on us, we are positioned to honor all people. You never, you know, I'll just finish with this thing. One thing that impresses me about the Chinese people is their humility and ability to honor. I w- went to one church there, greeted at the door, man shook hands. They said, you know who that one is? He said, no. He said, oh, he was the, he's the deputy prime minister of Singapore. On the door, happy to serve and honor people. That is the kingdom of God. That is how you influence people. Come on, let's give a lot of clap. There's someone who got a hold of what it means to serve. We want to build a church of people who know how to honor. Honor widows, honor the elderly, honor wives, honor husbands. Honor leaders, honor people in civil authorities. Honor young people. Honor our children. Investing in our children is honoring them. Investing in the youth ministry is honoring them. Working with people honors them. Serving people honors them. Father, we just thank you that you honor and value us so deeply. Lord, I pray that this whole area of honor would become something that will become deeply embedded in Bay City. That believers in this church would learn and we would grow to new levels of being able to give honor to people to be able to position ourselves in relationship to every person in our life whether they be in authority or whether they not be in authority to position ourselves as being able to honor and value them as you have honored and valued us father i'm just asking right now just this next 30 seconds that your presence would just touch people's hearts You know, the thing that overflowed over my life while I was away is how much Jesus values people. He values you. That God who created us would step down from heaven and walk among us and touch our lives. How amazing. I was meditating in the story of the, the leper covered in sores, ugly, unattractive, devalued by everyone, unwanted by everyone, a reject totally in society, of no value in any kind of way to any person. But he was of value to God. He came to him and said, Jesus, if you will, you can heal me. Jesus said, I will. He was moved with compassion. And you know what he did? He didn't just heal him. He reached out and touched him. God from heaven, touching someone nobody loved, having no value, and communicating a message, you're valuable to me. You're of value to me. Friend, you are of great value to God. We need a revelation of it. Lord, I'm asking that not only would your presence just come and touch us now, but Lord, you'd give increasing revelation of honor. Increasing empowerment in our lives to honor people. And Lord, teach us how to receive it from you so we can give it to others. Just for a moment, just as we finish now, think of Someone you could express appreciation to because they were kind to you or did something good in your life. That would be a way of honoring them, remembering what they did. I remember what people have done years after they've done it. God does too. They may not be in a position, but I still remember what they did. And then you turn that remembering into appreciation to gratitude. Think of someone right now you could express some value to. In the beginning of the service, Joe and I just gave some money to someone, a couple that we value. I don't know whether they need it or not, it didn't matter. We just wanted to say we value you. And we gave them some money. See, you could do that too. Show kindness. Say thank you. Make a bit of time for them. Take them out for coffee. Spend a bit of time with them. Show them you are of value to God and also to me. Maybe some people who are unsaved, that getting a hard time in the workplace, you could show value to them. Come on. Let's do it. Father, let that spirit of love and value just rest on us in Jesus' name.